And it's a word that I know is going to encourage everyone here through life, through death, through bad circumstances, through good. And it's found in the book of Luke. The book of Luke. And if you could just turn there real quick, the book of Luke. When you're there, just can you shout me an amen, an amen. Hallelujah. Shout me an amen so I can know you're there. Wow, you guys are fat. That's technology, right? Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5. Be there? All right. We're going to go ahead and we're going to break it down together. Here it is. Ready? In Luke chapter 5, it says this. It says, So it was as the multitudes pressed about him to hear the word of God that he stood by the lake of Gethsemane. That's actually the Sea of Galilee. And he saw two boats stand by the lake. But the fishermen had gone from them and they were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and he asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and he began to teach the multitudes from the boat. But when he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we, we've toiled all night and we've caught nothing. But nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they, they caught a great number of fish, and their nets was breaking. So they singled, signaled out for their partners in the other boat to come and to help them. And they came, and they filled up their boat, both boats, and the boats began to sink. When Simon Peter he fell down at Jesus' knees, and he says, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord." For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish which they had taken. And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. And look at verse 11. So when they had brought their boats to, G to the land, they forsook all and they what? And they followed him. I want to look at this scripture with you for a moment. Today's message is titled this, if you, you should be taking notes. It's, nevertheless, I will let down. And that's today's um, message. Nevertheless, I, I will let down. And you saw me read that phrase real quick. You saw me read it in verse 5. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down these nets. When you look at verses 1, 2, 3, 4 to 5, you find yourself in the Sea of Galilee, and I need you to just to really, we're just going to chew on these 11 scriptures together. We're just going to eat it today, like if it's a, it's a, um, a, a full course meal, you're going you're gonna to have it today and just let it just come into you, taste it. You know, have you ever eaten such good food that you don't want to swallow it? You just want it, you want it just to marinate it? Just, just do that today. Let it marinate, let it, let it just be stuck in your mouth. So, so here we are in the Sea of Galilee. And these fishermen just come back from a long day at work. Actually, very long and very tiring because they were fishermen. Any fishermen in the house? Anyone that has a hobby, they like to go fishing. I fish a lot. Anyone there like says that? I fish a lot? Okay, good. Praise God. All right. You'll, you'll, you'll like this message then because it's going to relate. But it's been a long day of fishing. And you all know what happens when you're done fishing, right? You begin to clean out your boat, wash your boats. You want to you clean out the guts, clean out the blood. Then, then you clean out your rods and you clean out your nets. And that's 
they're doing. They're cleaning out their nets. Basically, what they're doing is they're calling it a day. It's time to what? To go home. I'm done. Because when you've been fishing all day, you have but one desire when you're done. And that's, I just want to get home. Fishermen that fish a lot, you know what I'm talking about. You just want to get home after a long day of fishing. I just want to take a shower. I want to take the salt, the sun off. I just want to get home. And you know it's an all-day event when you go fishing. I want to shower. I want to eat. I want to see the family. I want to lay in my bed and just go to sleep early. When you fish and you get back to the dock, your crew begins to clean fast the boats and the nets, clean up all the fish, clean up all the messy parts of the boat, because the faster that we clean, the faster, what, church? We get home. Hurry up. Everyone that has a, has, a, has a job to do. When I go fishing with my brother-in-law and his brother, it's like a team, you know. You, if you get caught just standing like, hey, you know, they, they slap you. They do something. Come on, what are you doing? And everyone has a duty because everyone wants to go home. And while they're getting ready to go home and they're cleaning up their stuff, verse 3 tells us, he gets into one of their boats and he tells Simon, who is Peter, he tells him this, come on. Let's pull out a little from the land. Can you imagine that? Imagine Simon Peter's reaction. Pull out. I just what? I just pulled in. I'm not pulling out again. I'm, I want to get home. I want to see my family. I'm, I'm cleaning here, and you want me to pull out. I'm, 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 I just got here. I'm, I'm ready to go home. I got a family to see. I'm tired. I'm sleepy. I'm sunburned. I don't know you, by the way, guy that just hijacked my boat. I don't know you yet. How can I even trust you? Sir, I really don't think this is a good idea, right? Wouldn't you guys say that? My wife took, um, we took our car to get some service yesterday. And as we're in there, I go inside the office and I'm doing something. And a guy happens to just get into the car. He just thought that he could do that. He's like, I didn't see him. Or whatever. No, but he gets into the car. He gets in and he closed the car. My wife is in the back with our baby. And my wife says, uh, sir, are you, what are you doing? You're in my car, and I'm in the back seat with my son. Are you moving the car? He's like, oh, I didn't know you were in here. I'm so sorry. This happened to my poor, very small wife, right? She's smaller than me. And, and, and she has my son with her. And you can imagine what she, here's Peter. And he's like, sir, what are you doing in my boat? Where are you taking it? He's like, come on, just don't ask questions. Let's just pull out a little bit. Here's the guy. He's like, yeah, I'm so sorry. Forgive me. I just need to move it up a little bit. <laughs> Nancy almost died there. But, well, I don't know if this was a good idea. If I was there, I would have been like, Peter, jump out. Jump out of the boat now. We have a chance. But Jesus has a way of convincing people. So they pull out in the first five verses. And what does Jesus do? Jesus begins to teach the crowd, and he uses the boat as his pulpit. He goes out, and he begins to preach. And the boat is his pulpit. And he begins to teach them. And when he was done teaching the crowd, I love this. Here's my message. He looks at Simon Peter. And you could, oh, can you guys picture this in your mind? Simon Peter is probably there like this. What is this guy doing? What is he going to do to me? What is he going to do to this crowd? What is he going to do to my boat? I've worked so hard for this life. I've worked so hard for this boat. You know how much this boat costs? And when he's done teaching, he looks at Simon Peter and he tells him the ridiculous. And let me ask you a question. Have you ever had a moment with God where God just tells you the ridiculous? Oh, if you're in relationship with God, you should have. Where God just tells you, go. And you're like, I ain't going nowhere. Speak. I ain't speaking right now. 
pray. I'm not praying for them right now. I hate that person. He's like, just pray for them. No, that's a, st- that's a stupid thing for me to do, to pray for my enemy. He's like, absolutely, pray for your enemies all the time. Right? The ridiculous. God is a, a God who commands the ridiculous. I love that. I love that I could brag that I serve a ridiculous God. Because when I hang out with people, I love, you don't know how much you hear them say this. Rico, you're so... Yeah, I take after my God. I'm ridiculous just like him, man. Amen? All right. And he tells them the ridiculous, and it's this. Let's go to deeper waters. Come on. Let's go to deeper waters, and let's cast out our what? Our nets to catch fish. Listen, church, listen. That is not what Peter wanted to hear at this moment. Can I tell you that? It was not what Peter wanted to hear because look what he says in in, in verse 5, the A part, the first part. He says this, hey, listen, we've toiled all night. And church, what does he say? And we've caught what? Not something, not a lot of things. But Peter was very on point. He says, we've been fishing all day, all night, and we've caught, and the whole church says what? We've caught nothing. Not one fish. I've been, man, remember like two, three years ago we went on a fishing trip. You're going to catch fish and you're going to go home with fish. We went out to fish, New Life Ministries, and as we went out to fish, we caught a storm. That's the only thing we came back with. I get home, my wife's like, so how many fish did you catch? None, Nancy. What do you mean? You spent $60, you went out with other guys, you went on a boat, you didn't catch one fish. I didn't catch a fish. I don't know where they were. They weren't there, and that's what Peter's going through. It's not a good idea. We've toiled, but we've caught nothing. I want to look up that, that word toiled. In the Greek, it's a word that it's pronounced kopeo, kopeo. I don't know, something like that, but watch this. That Greek word, it means this, to feel fatigued, to work hard, to, to labor. I love this one, to be worried. And Peter tells Jesus, he's like, Lord We have worked all day, and nothing has happened. We've toiled. We are weary. Please do not ask me to go and throw down my nets again. It does not make sense. You guys are with me? Just introducing this story. I don't know if any of you could relate to Simon Peter, because you could come up to the Lord, and you're saying, Lord, I've been doing my best. I've been leaving it all out there. I've been sacrificing. I'm working hard. But there's no change. There's, there's no profit. There's no fruit of my labor, labor. Anyone ever been there? You work, you work, you work. Where's my raise? You serve, you serve, you serve. Where's my promotion? You love, you love, you love. When am I going to be loved back? Huh? Anyone there? That's what Peter's going through. Peter's like, Peter's like, I've been at it all day, and all day, nothing has happened. I'm weary. I'm tired. I'm exhausted. I'm drained out. I'm fatigued. When will I see production? When will I get ahead? When will my spouse get it and change? When will my kids? When, when, when? I've been doing everything right. I'm disciplining myself. I'm I'm being faithful to your word and to what you've called me to. But Lord, I'm just fatigued. I'm just tired. I'm just weary. I wonder if you guys have ever been there. 
I wonder if anyone has ever been there in their lives. God went. And here's Peter in the boat. And the Lord says, where's your net? Peter's like, you serious? Like, you really want me to get the net again? Get it. I stored it already. Get it. But I stored it. Trust me. We're not going to catch fish. I know what? Can I know your credentials, sir? Are you a fisherman? No, I'm actually a carpenter. What in the heck are you telling me to fish when I'm a fisherman by trade and you're a carpenter? Does not make any sense. Hey, pretty ridiculous if you ask me. Carpenter telling the fisherman where to fish. Go out to the deep. He's like, I've been there. I've been to all the spots. I have them registered on my GPS. <laughs> Do not tell me where I need to go. Shut up. Go get your nets. You're going to see. Just watch. I'm so tired and so frustrated, but you'll see. And he goes. He's going into his cabin. He's grabbing stuff. Hey! I got your nets, man. What do you want to do with them? I mean, I, I just, I left the net. Jesus, I left the net behind. Give me a second. Now I got them. Which net do you want, huh? Pray that I don't trip today. Come on. What do you want? And I love this part of the story because if you study the story right, you will realize that the best time to catch fish in the Sea of Galilee has already passed. It's already passed. So for Jesus to tell this weary man to throw down your net was the most ridiculous, the stupidest command a man could ever give a fisherman, especially an ordinary carpenter, ordinary in his eyes. He didn't know yet. So not only is it the wrong time to fish because if you're going to fish, this is the time frame that you should fish. At this time, all the fish are done, and they're all gone home. They're hiding. We're not going to catch any fish. Trust me. Number two, I've been to all these spots, and I haven't caught nothing. Number three, I've told. I am weary, and I, am t- and I wonder how many of us God has called us, and we're carrying our nets, and we're carrying the calling of God, and we're out there, and we're trying to serve God to the fullest. But my God, are we tired? My God, are we weary? My God, are we stressed out? My God, and we're just asking God. Well, how much longer do I have to deal with this? How much longer do I have to pass through this? How much longer is my husband? How much longer is my wife? When are my kids going to get it? When is my job going to see it? When is this church going to understand? I am tired. Don't ask me to hold on to these nets anymore. Anyone ever been there? And here's Peter with the nets. Here he is. Lord, I'm fatigued. Lord, I'm tired. I'm weary. Things haven't been going right for me lately. And I bet that there are people here today that things haven't been going right for you lately. Like, I bet. I mean, I don't bet, but if I were to bet, I would bet. I'll bet you like a popsicle or something like that. It's hot outside. But I bet. You know, I don't want you to be like, I'm leaving this church. The pastor bets. Whatever, dude. We'll bet a popsicle. But I bet there's someone that could say, I'm tired. Nothing's worked out for me. Maybe you're here and you're just like, you know what, Lord? 
the best moment, the best time to fish has passed and nothing. And maybe you're here saying, you know what, Lord, my best time has passed. And now you're going to deliver this message on October 20, September 29th. September 29th, now you're going to give this kind of message? It's too late now, Lord. They're unredeemable. It's never going to happen. The best time for you to have done this miracle, it would have been yesterday. It would have been a year ago. It would have been a few months ago. I wonder how many of you have said that. It's the wrong time. It doesn't make sense. But I love that the Bible says, hey, hey, God doesn't work in your time. For his time, for his ways are different than your ways. Don't you love that? And you're carrying the nets, and he's like, just, just throw it. Shut up, throw it. Shut up, throw it. And maybe you're just, Lord, I've, I've been let down a lot. And the truth is, I don't need to be let down anymore. I bet you there's someone here sitting here, and I know it's God because it's not me. I don't know your lives. I mean, I know some of your lives, but not in detail. But I know God knows your life by every detail, every thought, every word before it comes out of your mouth. And I know there are some of you here that says, I cannot handle being let down just another second. And if I throw down this net, it just tangled right now. If I throw down this net, if I throw it down, and if I don't catch anything, Lord, you don't know how upset I'm going to be at this church and how upset I'm going to be at that pastor and how upset I'm going to be at you. This might be the last chance. This might be the last moment. Hey, I might never even think about serving you again. Don't even ask me to open up your Bible and read because I can't take another second of letting being let down. So if I throw this down, I better not be let down again. I wonder how many people here have gone through that of being let down. I'm, I'm tired of it. And maybe you're there. You're telling me to, to cast out again, but, but carpenter, the truth is I'm a professional fisherman. I'm not, you could tell. <laughs> but Peter's like, I'm a, I'm a professional qualified fisherman and it hasn't worked. So why would it work now, huh? Come on, you know what I'm talking about. Oh, my family would never change, so why will it change now? Huh? The way he speaks to me, he's never changed, so why will he change now? She never shows me love. Why will she start now? Then they never recognize me. Why will they start now? What? I've never been loved. You guys, you guys understand what I'm saying? So why will it just happen to begin now? Why will it work now? Has your life been one of no profit, no changes seen after hard work? You keep putting in. Or is it one that has experienced letdown after letdown, failure after failure, hurt after hurt, and you're here sitting down and you had no idea that you were going to hear this message today, but you're saying this in your mind, I can't take one more drop of pain because I don't know if I'll ever make it if a drop, if just a drop of pain comes into my life again. I bet you there's someone here. We're carrying this net. We're straightening it out because the Lord has commanded us. And you're saying, Lord, you, you, want me to, you want me to cast this out, this net? You really want me to do this? I'm tired. I'm weary. I'm faint-hearted. I'm stressed out. 
And Galatians 6.9 says, let's not get tired of doing what is good. Galatians 6.9 says, do not grow weary in doing good. At just the right time, you will reap the harvest of your blessing. If you don't give up, the New King James says, if you do not give up, if you do not lose heart, you will reap your harvest. And here I am, Mr. Fisherman. Here I am, Mr. Christian. And I read Galatians chapter 6, verse 9. And I say, hey, that's very easy to read. Very easy to read. Uh, very hard, though, to apply to my life. Very easy to say, but very hard to believe for myself. So how can I trust what you are saying, Mr. Jesus? And in verse 5 of chapter 5, what happens? Here comes Peter, and he recognizes, he calls him master. And he looks at the command, and he says, all right, here I go. And then he says, nevertheless, at your word, I will what? I will let down. Nevertheless, at your word, I, I don't really think it's going to happen. But because you said it, so be it. I've had conversations like that with people. Hey, your words to God's ears. How many of you have said that? And here's Peter. And he's like, I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think he's going to change. I don't think I'm going to catch fish. I'm weary at doing good. But nevertheless, I will let down. Isaiah 55 verse 11 says this. It is the same with my word. I send it out, and it always produces fruit. It will accomplish all I want it to do, and it will prosper everywhere I sent it. At my word, my word will accomplish, because my word does not return void. Man, 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 man. And then you go to Hebrews, and Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3 says this, that the Son the Son, Jesus Christ, is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being. And look what it says next. Sustaining all things by his powerful word. That's powerful. Powerful. Hey, you don't have to trust what I'm saying. But throughout Scripture, it assures us that His Word is faithful while others have failed. That He will produce, His Word produces, and it accomplishes, and it prospers when others have hurt, have damaged, and have brought you down rather than lifting you up. And today, you might be here, and then that's what you need. I need to be sustained. I need, I need Him to just hold me, and I just need to trust in Him that He loves me, that He has spoken well of me, and that He wants me to love and be obedient to His Word. And, and I, I wonder if anyone has it in them today to say, nevertheless, though things around me might be cloudy, though things I don't have all the answers for, though I really don't get why you're telling me to do this, nevertheless, I will let down. I will let it down. I, I truly wonder how many of us have that today. Down. This, this command, this command to, to, to let down the net, this command. It's a very important command. There's more meaning to it than just letting it down. 
Let down your control is what he's telling Peter. Let down your ability to catch because obviously you don't have the ability. Let down your feelings. I know you don't want to do it. I know you want to guard your heart because you've been hurt too much, because, because you, you, you've been taking abuse of too much, and, and I know you, you, you're just tired of living it like this, but, but I'm telling you, Jesus is telling you, let it down. Let down the experience you had. Let down your failure. Let down your hurt. Let down your doubt. Let it all down, and at my word, watch how I will sustain you. Just watch me do it, man. Watch me. That when you couldn't do it for yourself, when you couldn't accomplish it and all you knew was failure, all you knew was tired and weary, watch me produce such a goodness in your life when all you knew was emptiness. But, 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 but church, just, just what? Nevertheless, just, just let it down. Just let it go. It doesn't make sense because I fished here already and it's the wrong hour and I'm tired. But nevertheless, at your word, I let it down. Verses 6, 7, 8, and 9, something transpires that is so powerful. Peter acknowledges this power that this man has and he calls him master. And he sees God working through him. And all Peter can do is fall in repentance and begins to worship him at his feet. And I believe... There are people here today that just need to trust at his word. Acknowledge him for who he is and what he can do. I believe that there are people here that need to let down their nets and fall at his feet. That they're tired of holding on, holding on to the failure, holding on to the instrument that has bothered you all day. Holding on to the thing that has failed you all your life. This net is stupid. It doesn't catch anything fish my livelihood comes from this net and this net is making me miserable and God's like let it down and, and and Peter's like for what I've been letting it down my whole life and nothing has ever happened and just because you said a word let it down you think now it's going to happen out of nowhere and Jesus is like yes because you're being obedient to my word and my word sustains all things. So if you let it down, not because you have the ability to, but if you let it down because I've given you the command to, you will see my sustaining work in your action. Let it down. And you're like, it doesn't make sense. But nevertheless, nevertheless, Do we need to let down our nets? At your word, I will, Lord. I give up. I give in. Lord, take over. Lord, sustain me today. And then in verses 10 and 11, it says James and John. Pretty cool because they all become disciples of him. Here's Peter. Here's James. Here's John. No one knows. The only ones that know each other here right now is James, John, and Peter. James and John are brothers, and Peter's their boy, childhood friend. And they're all fishermen together. But here's this stranger named Jesus. And as all this is happening, James and John, they bring their boat to Peter. Because now Peter does something amazing. He lets it down. And when he lets it down, he tries to lift up. And the net, which looks probably something like this one, it's filled. It's filled with fish. That this powerful net that you and I probably couldn't even break it with our own hand. 
It's breaking now because it's so packed up with fish that Peter is trying. He's like, oh, I don't know what's happening here. And James and John are like, what's going on? And they're like, I don't know. We've been here all day, but look what's happening. And he's picking up all these fish, and he's throwing them into his boat. And he's like, shh, ven pa' acá. And then, And then James and John comes, and you can almost see them, I'm coming, and they're, and they're rowing their way to, to Peter, and Peter's like, take some of the fish and put them in your boat, and then James and John are grabbing some of the fish, and they're putting them on theirs, and Peter and Jesus are putting it in theirs, and then there's a big problem, ready? The nets begin to break because the fish, the abundance of God's blessing is so much, and the boats are beginning to sink, and I could almost hear God saying this, church, if you just are obedient to my call, not only will you see me do the miraculous, but you will also see me do the abundance in your life. But we live in Him. We live in Him. We say, God, I can't do it because I've been doing this all day and things are never going to change. And my husband and my wife and my children and my job and my church and my pastor and my friend and, 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 and everyone and their mothers, no one's ever going to get it. But Jesus says, if you could just see that I don't only have miracles, but I have abundance for you, church. Nevertheless, let it down, church. Nevertheless, what are you going through? But nevertheless, let it down. What did you just experience last night? Okay, don't say it, but nevertheless, let it down. What have you been going through this last year? But nevertheless, let it down. What did he say to you last night? But nevertheless, you let it down. Through sickness, through death, through joy, through happiness, through moments of confusion. Nevertheless, let it down and watch God be glorified, church. Let it down. Let it down. Do you really want to hold on to this for the rest of your life? The only way I want to hold on to this is if it's filled with fish. Throw it down. Jesus does not drive away these men because they're sinners. He doesn't drive them away. Maybe you're a sinner. Maybe you're one who doubts. Maybe you're one who's worried. Maybe you're one who's filled with pain. Maybe you're one who can't take a, a lick of, of being let down again. But do you know that today as I close off, I'm going to ask the worship team to come up. Don't be distracted with them, please. But he recognizes you. Everyone say, he recognizes me. He recognizes your condition. He recognizes that you doubt. Listen, listen. He recognizes that you worry. He recognizes that you're so stressed out. He recognizes that you're a sinner. He recognizes it all. He recognizes it. I like to say it this way. He recognizes my wretched condition. But you know what I love about Jesus? He accepts me. He accepts the confessing sinner, the confessing doubter, the confessing hurt, the confessing pain. And he offers the person that is in confession to him the opportunity to reconcile their lives to him. And I thank God for that, that I could reconcile. I could reconcile with God. 
And then he sends me out to do the work of God. Because if you study verse 11 and verse 12, it says that after they let down and they caught the fish, Jesus looks at them and says, Do not be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. But watch what he says next. Watch what happens next. Verse 11. So when they brought their boats to the land, I love this, I love this, I love this. This is my favorite verse of this whole entire chapter. My, my favorite verse of this whole story is this one. Here it is. When they bought their, brought their boats to the land, you want to guess what they did? They forsook all and they followed him. That is more powerful than the boat sinking, than the nets ripping. That individuals let it all go, let it down. Did you see a symbolism there? Hey, I just let down my nets and look what he did. Come on, come on, catch him, catch him, catch him. Don't miss this. I just let down my nets and watch what he did. Can you imagine if I let down my life, what he can do? So they park their boat, they take off their fisherman coat, if they had one. Sorry, my shirt went up. Weird. They put retirement. They put a note on the wall. Out of business. And they said, where are we going? Because if you just did that with nets, what can you do with this life? Shoot, I'm ready to go wherever you say. But don't you have a family to go to? <laughs> Nevertheless, I'm letting it down. Don't you have a spouse? Nevertheless, nevertheless, I'm letting it down. Do you have kids to go to? Nevertheless, I'm, I'm letting it down. Because what I just saw was not normal. If he could do that in this, I can't even imagine what he could do in this. God is calling common fishermen in this chapter to leave everything and become his disciples as fishers of men. God is calling someone as common as you. Hope you can see that. Sinful as you. Doubtful as you. Hurt as you. Weary as you. Let down as you've been let down. Someone. For what? Pastor Rico, for what? All to give you life. But not just a life that breaks nets. Not just a life that fills nets. And not just a life that fills boats. But a life of abundance. Breaks nets. And sinks boats. I'm doing all this, Jesus is saying, Peter. Not because I want to make you more tired and more weary and more achy. I'm doing this. Because I want to give you life. But it's not a normal life. It's a life of abundance. And he's almost saying that to us here at New Life today. God's abundance is so overwhelming. It cannot be controlled by man's hands as you saw with the nets and the boats. It's out of our hands. It's out of our control. I'm telling the church today that he is faithful to you. And his word over you has been spoken. I don't know if you read this book, but you should start reading it. You should start studying this. This text, these words are so powerful over your life. 
the letters and this stuff, it's not just that once upon a time this might happen and this maybe. It's, it's real. It's powerful. It's living. It's active. It's like a double-edged sword. I'm talking about there is authority. There is power. This is my foundation that my feet stand on. My family is based on this thing. My child will be raised according to this thing. Hey, my finances are according to this thing. My spiritual walk is according to this thing. I've left it all. And I'm telling the church today that everything is dependent on this book right here and the text that it contains. I'm telling you right now that God's word can and will sustain your life. Yes, it can. It can sustain you. But open it. See it. It can sustain you. It can give you life and a life in abundance. His word. He's faithful. But are you willing to? I heard everything you said. I saw your illustration. Clever. That was cute. Clever. You'll be amazed how many times I do illustrations. Someone comes to shake my hand and say, hey, that was clever what you did. I'm not trying to be clever. I'm trying to speak to your soul. I'm trying to speak to your heart here. I'm trying to experience a part of God that maybe you've never experienced. I'm not just trying to be cute, take a picture and put it on Instagram, which I'm probably going to do. But I'm telling you, this is more powerful than a picture. This is more powerful than an illustration. It's about a God. It's about a word. It's about a sustainer. I'm not trying to be clever. I'm not trying to be cute. I'm not even trying to think outside the box. I'm trying for you to get the point. And the point is this. Are you willing to let down your net, your control, and forsake all to follow Jesus? Nevertheless, I will let down. Stand up with me. Oh, Lord, you know who you're speaking to today.